of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Good to see you. Uh, just an announcement. This will be our last midweek service for 2017. And then we will advise, but we will carry on as normal for Sunday. And then we will indicate as to when we will open in January. Are we together? Amen. God bless you. But Wednesdays we pray for the convention. So the convention will be from the 23rd uh, double service, 24th double service, 25th double service. Amen. Brother Joseph Latola, Brother Stephen Francis, Brother Robert Dioka will be part of the convention. Amen. And those that don't know, it will be next door or Protea Hotel uh, at their main auditorium. Amen. So we are looking forward. Uh, Let's turn to the book of Romans. Amen. We are glad that it is raining. We are not complaining. Amen. Amen. Do you know that the reason it rains is because the bride is still here? Amen. Do you know that the reason it rains is because you are still here? Looks like not all of us believe that. Amen. When, when the bride is taken up, every blessing will be removed upon the face of the earth. And as long as the bride is still here, uh, the blessings are here. Are we together? Amen. God bless you. Rachel, Romans chapter 7. Uh, we know some believers are waking just to wrap up for the year, so don't be surprised when you don't see them so long as we see them on Sunday and the convention. Amen. Romans 7, from verse 1. It reads in this manner, if it is found, Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath a dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband liveth, she be, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that he should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. For when we were in flesh, the motions of sin which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit, not in the oldness of the letter. Let's bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father. As people, we can read the Bible, but we need your inspiration, dear God, so that whatever we have read here, it should not just be 
an accumulation of knowledge, but it should be an impartation of life. And this evening, the believers have walked through this treacherous weather just to come and gather in your presence, dear God. I know you see such efforts, and I know you will bless such efforts. And Heavenly Father, I commit myself to you. May you use me. Let it not be my thoughts, but let it be you speaking to your children. My greatest desire is that as you speak to them, may you speak to me as well, dear God. If there is a need for them to repent, there would be a need for me as a preacher as well to repent. I do not exclude myself in any way from the message, dear God. If you bless them, bless me, dear God. And that is my desire. I'm just standing here as a vessel through which you'll speak to your people. I'm in no way better, dear God. And that is why help me to be humble and help us, all of us, to be humble and submit ourselves to the word of God, dear God. We want to commit everything to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you richly. And take your seats. Amen. So God bless you richly. Uh, we really thank God for everything. The year is coming to an end. Amen. And we as well hope that the new year will be better than this year. Amen. Amen. We don't expect, when I speak about the new year, I'm not so much into New Year's resolutions. I'm just more into a deeper relationship with God. Amen. Uh, I remember when I was in Zimbabwe, Brother Chitsindi said something very striking. He said, Brother Madiba, you know, for the mere fact that we are not dead, we've got an opportunity to achieve so much honor in the kingdom of God, or we can bring so much disgrace. You get that one? So once you are given extra time, you can use it for the glory of God, or by that you can bring it, you can bring the disgrace. Our greatest desire is that as God preserves us from year to year, uh, our desire is that we must bring more honor to him. Are we together? Are you here, church? Or is it too cold? Amen. Now, I I just want to, I've been thinking about this for quite some time. It has been on my heart. I may not finish the message. If I don't finish it, we'll finish it some other time. Um, And I just wanted to, just to look at the marriage but not per se the natural marriage, but our spiritual, maybe the title just call it spiritual marriage. Amen. Spiritual marriage. I'm not so much on the natural, uh, but we know that it helps the husband and the church. Are we together? What, the reason I, I thought about this is because Brother Brandon says something in marriage and divorce. He says, When Moses came, the greatest challenge that he ever came across, it was marriage and divorce. And he said, when Jesus came, the greatest challenge that he had was marriage and divorce. And Brother Branham, when he came, the greatest challenge that he had was marriage and divorce. 
there's somewhere where I'm taking you. When when we speak about marriage, we, we know that we speak about the holy matrimony where husband and wife exchange vows. And spiritually speaking as well, when we speak about marriage, even before I get into my notes from the text that we read, it simply says that the old husband must, be, must die. Yes. You cannot get married to a new husband while the old husband is still living. Yes. Uh, are we together? Yes. And, if you, and, and if you marry another husband while the old husband is still living, then there is a problem. Then we speak about you are now living in adultery. Are we together? Why, why am I saying this? In, it's going to be every, every church in the message, it is going to be challenged on the subject of marriage and divorce. And this subject is beginning to split even message churches because people have got different kinds of thoughts when it comes to it. Are we together? But Brother Brenham says in Marriage and Divorce, he says, we only have two school of thoughts on the subject. How many have read him when he spoke about that? Are you a church? Did you hear the prophet saying we've got two school of thoughts? He says in Marriage and Divorce, paragraph 11, he says, now, if that be so, we have two schools of thought on marriage and divorce. And that is one of them says that a man can only be married once unless his wife is dead. That's one of the questions. And you go to the to following that, you go overboard. And then the next says, oh, if the wife or the husband, either one, has committed adultery, either one of them can be put away and marry again. You find yourself overboard with that. So it's, it's, so it's neither southeast or northeast. We want directly east. You run out of scripture when you go this way. You run out of scripture when you go that way. We want to know where scripture meets scripture and know that that's the truth of it. Each takes different way and fail to bring up the correct answer, but there still must be an answer. Are we together? So, Brother Branham says, and, and the reason I'm talking about this, Brother Branham says we only have two school of thoughts. I think by now you are used to me. I don't have Wednesday subject and Sunday subject. I preach what God puts in my heart. Are we together? Brother Bum says we've got only two school of thoughts. What worries me in the end time, we're beginning to have additional school of thoughts when the prophet has only identified two school of thoughts that he has addressed. Are we together? Some they, they misinterpret and Brother Bram says there are three things that you must never do. You must never misplace the weight. You must never misinterpret the weight. Are we together? And you must never misquote. 
And the best way not to misquote, not to misplace, not to misinterpret, the scriptures must have continuity. The quotations must have continuity. That is why you cannot extract one quotation and build a ministry around one quotation. The Bible says, in the mouth of two, of two or three witnesses, let my weight be established. Are you here, church? So that means it must be that code, that code, and that code in agreement, then it brings a total picture. What brings the misinterpretation is that people will extract one code and run with that code and create fanaticism around that code. And many, as a result of that, destroy so many lives. And I, I want to put it across, many ministers have destroyed many lives by misinterpreting, by misplacing, and by misquoting the weight. And in certain regions, I think Brother Burrera would know, when you go into certain uh, regions, you find that uh, innocent souls, a, a man just extract a quotation from a statement that Brother Branham says, uh, maybe makes a comment about polygamy. A man builds a doctrine around that and tries to introduce polygamy in the message. And after they've done that, some of them realize 10 years down the line that actually it was wrong. But by that time, they are caught up between the two wives. Are we together? My prophet says there are only two schools of thoughts. And hear me out. Why is the subject of marriage and divorce very critical in the end time? Because it pertains to our spiritual status. And uh, I, I want to say, put it this way. Whenever we speak about marriage and divorce, a lot of people, what conjures up in their image is a man, is a wife, husband and wife. I'm not on that today. What I am on today is on this. Is that uh, a lot of times, spiritually, while you are married to your husband, while you are married to your wife, when there is no third party, in the spiritual realm, you can experience marriage and divorce. And what am I simply saying that? Whenever you begin to flit with any doctrine that is not backed up by the scriptures, you must know that you are on a slippery slope in the spiritual realm. Are we together? Many people never left their wives. Many husbands or, or wives never left their husband. But spiritually in their relation to Christ, they committed spiritual adultery by embracing a doctrine that has never been sanctioned by the scriptures. Are you here to, I hope you never saw it in that way that it can apply on doctrinal level. Are we together? Now, and every, and I, I've said this, and I see it's beginning to, the greatest tragedy today, especially ministers, we value so much of people's emotions, sometimes more than the weight. Sometimes we feel pity for people, and by feeling pity for them, we come up with man-made remedies instead of sticking to old-time-tested remedy. 
And folks, for every situation that you may find yourself in, there is a scripture to address your situation. And a genuine believer is a kind of a person that doesn't just want the pastor to say it's right. He wants to know the pastor, if you say it's right, is it in the Bible? Is it in the quotation? Does the weight back me up? Because I do not want to find myself on grounds where I commit adultery against the weight. Did you hear me on that one? And uh, the devil is going to throw kept balls at us. Kept balls. And sometimes when we preach, Brother Brum says we've got to teach these things for the sake of our young ones. You remember he said that in marriage and divorce. I'm away. There are people that come into the marriage or come into the message after they've been maybe gone through this and that, the weight has got a, has got a way to address that situation. Are we together? But uh, fornication, and the devil sometimes robs us of the opportunity to, to really zoom on certain things. I, was, uh, I heard somewhere that uh, uh, people are misquoting Brother Brenham in the marriage and divorce when he says the husband can put her away, but she cannot put him away. And on that, they built a doctrine that a man, if there is something that he sees with the woman, he can divorce the woman and marry again. You are going overboard. Amen. Are we together? Amen. You are going overboard. In the message, young ones, hear me out, and you uh, young brothers, the only scriptural ground where a man can leave a partner and go and marry another partner and it gets protected by the scripture is when there's been a case of fornication. Case of fornication, not adultery. Fornication deals with a person that is not in marriage, that is outside the marriage. Adultery deals with the case of a person that is in marriage. Are we together? If if a partner commits adultery while in marriage and you feel that uh, I've got to leave them, you must know that scripturally you must remain alone until death. Can you say amen to that? I hope you're not looking surprised. Are we together? Um, look, folks, the beauty about our time, you, you can find a church that really caters to your needs. But unfortunately, heaven will not cater to your needs. Are we together? You, you, you can say, Brother Madiba, it's very hard here. Maybe I need to get somebody that is very lenient. But guess what? You are going to meet that at the day of judgment. And the beauty and, and, and the honor or, or a privilege would, would be for people that took their sides with Jesus. Are we together? Does it make sense, folks? Uh, are we together? Uh, I, I said this and I'm going to repeat it and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really apologetic and I'll never be apologetic. Once a man introduces 
a woman to me and says, this is my wife, and has married that wife, and or is known to have married that wife, should he decide to leave that wife and marry another one, he must not even try to give me a call after that marriage. He must not try to give me a call at all. Because if you sin willingly, after you have known the truth, then you have reached, now you are, you are really trading on unpardonable sin grounds. And, and hear me out here. What is beginning to corrupt message churches is because if you become lenient on one case, it will breed other cases. That is like that case. So you've got to have the backbone to reject it from the onset and say, this is not according to the scripture, and especially after you, we have taught you. Uh, are we together? Uh, I hope, we, does it make sense? Uh, not that I expect it to make sense because that is what it is. Hallelujah. Now, Brother Brenham says, and we know with the sales, even before I get into this nose, you will discover as days go by that the reason the prophet of this age is hated and is rejected and people hate him with a passion and there are those that still reject him but they have not yet shown their colors. Did you hear me? You will find that uh, what is common in every case of hatred in relation to this prophet, you will find the case of marriage and divorce rearing its head. I'm glad the sister says it's true, and I don't know how many people know that it's true. People do not hate the man. They love and appreciate what the man has done, especially in the end time. But what they've got a problem is the way defense that he has erected around the bride. So whenever they think of doing one, two, three, the first thing they say, how do I remove the fence? And a lot of times it has to do with marriage and divorce. The world was ushered into chaos by marriage and divorce. Remember, you must remember uh, Adam was married to Eve, but Eve had relations with the serpent. And in the end time, the world will end with the chaos of marriage and divorce. And that's why you unmarried ones, you've got to hear me and hear me out very well. If you take a misstep on marriage and divorce, you may try to save God. I have seen it a lot of times where people divorce and they come back with their own wives into the message. They struggle. They can't fit in. It's like, it's like you are trying to fit a kidney on the body that rejects that kidney. Are we together? And the Bible says rejoice with the wife of your youth. Never ever leave the wife of your youth. And there is no... Uh, a, a, a better way or a, the worst way that a man can attract curses upon themselves to leave the wives of their youth. 
Are you still with me? Amen. Brother Branham says, and we know the sales had to do with marriage. Because Brother Branham, before he preached the sales, he said, uh, uh, well, I was delayed in the office. And the reason I was delayed, I had to officiate a marriage between a young man and a young woman. And he said, let it be a symbol of what I will do between the church and Christ. Then it says in this message, the bridge, paragraph 266, the seals was broke. Why? In the last church age to, res- to reveal these truths. What are those truths? Serpent seed, marriage and divorce, baptism, the mystery of the baptism of the Holy Ghost without sensation, hallelujah, the rapture, the translation of the saints, all that. In this, why? The lamp broke the seals and revealed them to his church in order to collect his subjects for his kingdom. And we know that he is the king and the bride is the domain. He is the one that leads, we follow. His bride. And he says, for his subject, for his kingdom, his bride. That means his bride is his kingdom. He wants to bring his subjects to him now. And what is it? Out of the dust of the earth, out of the bottom of the sea, out of the pits, out of everywhere, out of every place, out of the regions of the dark, out of paradise, wherever they may be, he will call and they will answer. And this evening I say he called and we have answered. He will call, they will answer. He came to get his subjects and reveal his secrets and they saw it and time is no more. Time has run out. It's finished. So the seals was the husband taking the bride into the secret chamber and revealing the mystery truth to the bride, something that he could not utter in the public domain. He was now whispering the secrets in the ear of the bride. That is why there are certain things that you would never know outside the zone of the message of the hour. Even though you may be learned, but there are certain things that will never make sense until you come in contact with the prophet messenger. And I simply showed you a very simple thing. Even the terminology that I'm using is beginning to make people very comfortable in religious circles, fornication and adultery. They don't mention that things anymore because they are worried about that it may make people uncomfortable. I'd rather make you uncomfortable with the truth than to comfort you with a lie. Are you still me, with me? Then Brother Bram continues in the marriage and divorce, paragraph 10. The prophet, maybe I need to revert back to what I said when I say they misinterpret the prophet when they say he can put her away, she cannot put him away. Remember every time when Brother Bram spoke about a husband, he was not speaking about a drunkard. He was speaking about an upright man. He was speaking about, because remember, every time he spoke about the husband, he would move from the husband and speak about Christ. Are we together? So whenever he says he can put her away, he is now referring to Christ. Christ can put the church away if the church does not obey his weight. 
and he can marry another church and the scriptures say he can even raise the stones and out of those stones he can raise the children of Abraham and out of those children he can bring out another bride when Eve failed brother Branham said God brought another Eve which was on the day of Pentecost and when that one failed during the dark ages here you are he brought you again are we together God will never marry an Aldatara. That, that means I will, I'm going to come to your individual level. Every person that comes, they become part of the member of the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is married to Christ. Are we together? Now, for you to get married to Christ, you've got to make sure that your old husband dies. He doesn't go into a coma because a husband that has gone into a coma is like a boyfriend that you have left and put uh, uh, his contact details somewhere in the computer hidden in my folder, my documents folder. When, when, when it becomes tougher, you go to the computer, you want to retrieve the contact and you begin to phone the husband and say, hey, how are you? I was just checking on you. Because why? He's not dead. When he is not dead, the reconciliation chances are high. When the devil is not dead, the reconciliation chances are high. Are we together? That is why every person that proclaims or that declares themselves to be Christian, they've got to make sure that the devil is dead and buried six feet under. And therefore, you're qualified to get married to Christ. But unless the devil is dead, you may speak about Christ. But that's not your husband. Amen. And to show that he's not her husband, he will never impregnate you with his seed. And unless he impregnates you with his seed, you will never have his life growing in your body. I hope it makes sense in this mixed audience. Amen. The prophet says in paragraph 10, the prophet Paul here is saying that a woman cannot marry until her husband is dead. She cannot remarry as long as her husband is living. She, by no circumstances at all, she must remain single as long as her husband is living. Can I bring the church here? That means even the church cannot help her to marry while her husband is still living. And as long as she lives with another man, while her husband is still living, she cannot worship. Did you hear me? And that's why we've got to say these things so that you don't get yourself entangled in certain things because a lot of times when the truth is not being spoken, people that are sincere, they end up into trouble, not out of their own doing, but because somebody was afraid to tell the truth. Amen. Amen. She must remain single as long as her husband is living. If she should do such a sin, she shall be called an adulteress. If she happens to marry another man while the husband is still alive, she shall be called an adulterer. Even though she's got tapes, even though she's got the spoken words, 
Even though she sings Amazing Grace, it does not change what the Bible declares her status to be. Did you hear me? I'm speaking of the natural now to type it with the spiritual. If this woman would commit such a sin, then she is marked as an adulteress. And remember, he is referring to the church as well. If the church, while the husband, if the church, while its creeds and dogmas are still alive, and she attempts to get married to Christ, she will never get married to Christ. That church will be an adulterous church. If she has two living husbands at the same time, therefore she has forfeited by doing this her right to God and heaven by doing so. That's my prophet, folks. Did you hear me? That's my prophet. He says if they decide, if she has two living husbands at the same time, she has forfeited by doing this her rights to God and heaven by doing so. Sure, she has. But it does not mean the church doors will not open for her. But it does not mean that when the church doors open for her, heaven opens for her. Are we together? And maybe while I'm here, I need to tell you something so that you don't walk away confused. If you are caught up in a situation before you knew the message, Maybe you left your husband and you got married to another one and now you are in the message and you did not know the truth. To you, it's a different case. We say go and sin no more. Live with that husband of yours while you are still here. Are we together? But when you know, when you know, then it's a total different game. Are you here, church? And I need to say that if you get, if you are in the world and you get married to the wife and you come into the message as a sister and the husband is still a drunkard, to us, whenever we meet that drunkard husband of yours, we church people will give him the respect that he deserves as your husband. Did you hear me? And that is why we need to teach the sisters to be mature. It does not mean when your husband does not believe, when we come to visit you, you hide the husband. No! He is your husband and we will relate to him in the way that we relate to him as a husband should be related to. Did you hear me? And hear me out. I'm, I'm driving this even to the brothers as well. When you come into the message and the wife is not in the message, remember, revelation can never be imparted by marriage. Revelation is sovereign. As much as you experience new birth, she's got to experience new birth. And there are certain things that she will do that are not in the message, but it doesn't mean that we need to mistreat them because when we mistreat them, we make them more rebellious and to hate the message. Did you hear that? And we have come to be matured because in the early stages, those that were not mature, as soon as the brother is baptized, they simply rally around him and say, you are the man of our house, you must tell you this and that. It does not work. You will make it worse than it was. The only thing that can win in that situation is love. 
is when she looks at you and says, Goodness, the man, this man, the God that he speaks about, I see that God in this man. And what is God? God is love. She will see the expression of love through you until she realizes, I want what you have. Amen. And even we church people, we must begin. It doesn't mean that if I came into the message and I walk around with my wife and she doesn't look messagical and she's not in the message, it doesn't mean that I'm less spiritual. It doesn't mean that I'm less spiritual. All it means is that when you are in your corner, you must pray and say, we pray for our brother, we pray for his wife, and when we meet the sister, we become very cordial so that she can say, goodness, I love where you worship. I love the spirit of your people. Are we together? Let us not be, you can clap your hands, don't be afraid. Let us not be judgmental. Similarly, you young ones, when you come into the message and your debt is still a drunkard, your debt will never be a demon. Drunk as he is, you, you've got, you remember when, when, when uh, was it Noah, when he was drunk, the, uh, there was one son that just laughed at him, but the other son, they came while walking backwards towards him and they covered him. Why did God strike that one? Who was his name? Three? Him. Why did he strike him? Because the father is drunk. And he laughed at the drunk. Why doesn't he just say, oh, no problem. Noah was drunk. Noah is the one that is in the fall. Even though your father cannot be in the message, but God has got an expectation about you. And that is why, folks, can I put it across? You cannot claim to respect me as a pastor when you disrespect your parents. You are lying to me. It starts in the household. Are you here, folks? Brothers, you cannot claim to love me as a pastor when you mistreat your wife. Sisters, you cannot claim to respect me as a pastor when you disrespect your wife. Are we together? I've realized that a lot of times how people treat one another in marriage, that's exactly what they will treat the church leadership in the same manner. Does it make sense? Amen. I'm not like this pastor's way. A sister is holy, quoting scriptures while disrespecting the wife. And we say, hey, this sister is very spiritual. It doesn't work with us. We, sisters, are you here? Whenever you quote a scripture, we check how do you treat your husband. Brother, whenever you quote a scripture, we check how do you treat your wife. Because it's not in what you are saying, it's in what you are living. Are we together? Amen. I know some pastors will say that sister is spiritual and just such time they just phone the sister directly and arrange the things with the sister while the husband doesn't know anything. We don't allow such in the message. In the message there is a protocol. When sisters need something from me, they come through Sister Madiba. When I need something from the sisters, Sister Madiba will always be in the picture and be updated. Are we together? It keeps the church of God clean. And it keeps marriages respected. Do you still believe in that gospel? Okay. Amen. Now, he says, 
I'll, you'll bear with me. It's not just repetition for the sake of repetition. It's repetition for the sake of emphasize. If she has two living husbands at the same time, therefore God has forfeited by doing this her rights to God and heaven by doing so. She sure has. She is an outcast from the economy of God according to the scriptures that I've just read. Then he moves it to the church. He says, so is the church. When she tries to mix creed and denomination with the word of God, she can't be married to a denomination and be the bride of Christ at the same time. She's got to be dead to one or the other. The law says here, plenty of laws in God's word that say that that's his law. Paul is speaking the very same thing. She cannot be married to a church of wealthy creed and be the bride of Christ. One is contrary. Remember you say, well, we remember this, but we don't believe that. If you are married to Christ, Christ is the word of God. Because in the scripture it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was made flesh and dwelt among us. Christ was the living word. He was always the word. He is still the way. He will always be the way. He was the only manifestation of the attributes of God, for he was the son of God. And any son is the attributes of his father. Just as you were in the genes of your father, in the body of your father when you were a young man. You were in him, yet you could not fellowship with him because he did not know you. But through the bathing grounds of a mother, you were brought forth into the earth and became the image of your father. Then you could have a fellowship with him. So where were you, sons of God and daughters of God, before there were even was a moon, star, or molecule, you were sons and daughters of God. For you are only the physical manifestation of the attributes that was in God at the beginning. For there is only one form of eternal life. Did you get that one? Can I move on? I'll close not long, don't worry. I recommend that when you've got a chance, especially next week, Wednesday, because we don't have a midweek, just listen to the tape, The Invisible Union of the Bride. Very beautiful message. That message was directed to every message believer across the globe. And I'm glad what Brother Peregrine did when that message was preached through the telephone hookups. He enabled Brother Branham to speak with different groups across the state from that one meeting. You'll hear him, he say, I'm greeting the church in Jeffersonville. I'm greeting the church in Tucson. I'm greeting the church in Los Angeles. So he says, right now I'm speaking to all the people that are following the message of the hour, including you today here in Whitbank. Are we together? In that message in the Invisible Union of the Bride, he says, I want to name three things. Three things here that she must not get away from speaking about a woman, but yet speaking about a church. While I'm speaking this to the natural, as St. Paul here in the 7th chapter of Romans, she has three things. Three things. She has a sacred trust of virtue committed to her by her Lord. A certain virtue. Nothing else holds it but a woman that's committed to her by God. And we've got to teach our young ones there is a certain sacred trust that God or virtue that God has entrusted you with when you are born as a young girl. Are we together? 
That's, that's right. That's committed to her by God. She must not defile that virtue. Even if she even does something wrong, she must confess that to her husband before he takes her and make it right. Are we together? That means in the message we go even further. When you get married as a young girl to your brother, you've got to lay out your life before the man. This is what I've been through. This is who I've been with. And he as well must do exactly the same thing. And when we realize later that actually there was no full disclosure, then we say the marriage was not done in good faith. Are we together? Now, and that is why young ones hear me out. The best years of your life are the youth. And brother, scripture says, forget not your creator in the days of your youth. And I want to drive it even... Folks, whenever we pastor young people, we are jealous. And sometimes parents, when we are protective around your children, it's not because we want to put laws. When something goes wrong with a child, the way it breaks the mother's heart, that's how it will break the pastor's heart. Are we together? And the, the parents know that you have had issues with the young ones. When, when the news hit you, you cannot sleep. You are tossing in bed and you ask yourself, why me, Lord? What did the devil do? And right there you feel like the devil is just looking at you and laughing at you. It's the most painful experience. And that is why we've got to protect our young people. And there is no better way to protect them than to tell them the truth. We must keep on like the Jewish parents will keep on telling their children, you are not a Gentile, you are a Jew. The same thing that we need to drive as parents, we need to tell our children, you are not just like any other church member, you are part of the bride of Jesus Christ. And there is a certain decorum that is expected from a member of the bride of Jesus Christ. And I have advised, and I will advise again and again, We have seen, this will be in closing, I know my time, I've got time constraint. We have lost a lot of young people in the message. Some we've lost them through relatives. Where your child just visits a relative that is not a believer. When the child comes back, the child surprises you. There's a balance, folks. I'm not saying tighten the grip on the child because you might make them rebellious as well. But there is a balance. A balance in a sense that how do, how do I hold her or him without necessarily losing him or him? And I always use the analogy of a soap, a soap in your hand. When you hold a wet soap in your hand, in your palm, and you squeeze it, it slips away. All you've got to do is to balance the soul in your hand. So at some time, as parents, we squeeze and they slip away. Sometimes we don't even squeeze, we don't balance, they fall away. So how do you, and, and there is no better way than to sit with your child and explain to them 
why you want them to live a certain life, what it means not only for you, but for them. What are, what are the benefits of being a, a sister of integrity? Are we together? Such things, excuse me, such things, you've got to, you've got to approach them prayerful. I'm not saying we need to call our children and begin like the world, say we need to engage and tell them about sex education. These things have got levels, folks. If you teach a child that is doing standard three and you bring a material of grade 12, you're going to destroy the child. So you've got to look at how the child grows and on the basis of the level at which they are, you can engage them as a parent and say, my children, and I'm, I'm beginning, I'm a father, my son is now reaching teen stages, and he's, I knew, my wife told me that, listen, uh, the boy might be starting to experience certain things that goes with the teen stage. So I had to call out my son and begin to say, son, remember, dad was once like you. Around your age, this is what dad experienced. And you will experience that. Do not be surprised when you experience this and that. This is expected at the stage at which you are. We are having a frank discussion. And I say, when you experience that, don't be afraid to come to dad and say, listen, I'm experiencing this. Are we together? And I say, you will come to a point where you grow beard and your voice will be a husky. That's another stage. But at the stage at which you are, you will encounter this thing. So you are building a relation, a rapport with the child. Are we together? Are you here, folks? And even our children, I say many we are losing them because when we don't talk to them, relatives talk to them. And those ones, they really go to town. And all of a sudden you wonder, your child likes auntie so-and-so. But the problem, you don't know what auntie so-and-so's influence upon your child is. When you say, wear long dresses, and so and so say, you've got such a sexy body, why don't you put a skirt that is very tight? So now you, you've got a, a child that is caught up between two parents. And that is why, never ever allow yourself to share parenting with another person. Amen. Parenting must have your own unique fingerprints. Even I as a pastor cannot impose on how you raise your child but I can advise. But it must have your fingerprint. Are we together? Another thing that I picked up, a child can be very sincere, very obedient, loving the Lord, but for some reason, the devil just sends a friend that is wealthy around the child. Now the child that is never used to know that Actually, we can communicate sensual messages with brothers. Your child gets exposed to a WhatsApp. She begins to be shocked, but later she gets accustomed. That is why, as parents, we must give our children an opportunity to come and give us feedback about their friends. And when your child comes to you and says, listen, but you know that so-and-so is not living right. Don't just say, I knew it. What do you expect? I saw it in that girl. Why are you befriending? No. She is telling you because she trusts you. And you need not to be emotionally reactive. You need to sit down and say, my child, remember, there are three kinds of believers. 
And you, I don't regard you as a make-believer or as an unbeliever. I regard you as a believer. And I'm praying for you. What you can do, go and have a discussion with this person. If they don't repent, come and talk to me. And then maybe you must tell them, for me, for you to be my friend, you must be a friend of Christ. If you don't have friendship with Christ, our relationship collapses. Young person, hear me out. The greatest way, the quickest way to die spiritually, irrespective of how many sermons are poured on you, is to keep a secret of somebody's sin in the message ranks. When we arrested the thief, we arrested the accomplice. You know who is an accomplice? The one that knew that this person is a thief and kept quiet. Then we wonder, what was the gain? Our children are entrusted with a godly, sacred virtue. Amen. And if we are entrusted with that, spiritually speaking, the church has been entrusted with the virtue. Brother Brenham, I said it's three. One is the sacred virtue that a woman, that she must never define. The second one, he speaks about motherhood. Are we together? I think I will stop here and continue on Sunday, if you don't mind. Amen. But if the devil is dead, leave him dead. Don't resurrect him and be married to Christ. And in closing, the greatest challenges in the ministries in the end time, it is going to be around marriage and divorce. Because of the hardness of the people's hearts, some ministers are going to say, it's fine. But uh, Jesus Christ says from the beginning, it was not so. So we are going to have two groups of the people, those that receive the gospel because of the hardness of the people's hearts and those that receive the gospel because from the beginning, it was not so. And from the beginning, it was not so group. As we get closer towards the end, it will be like the honing of the pyramid. The number, as Shakespeare will often say, is going to be fewer than few. And folks, it doesn't mean that if people do it in majority, is right. God is not looking at the majority. God is looking at his weight. And when you stay with the weight, God will never shame you. He will back you up at all times. You may be unpopular, but God will back you up. And by so doing, I'm simply saying, the church must know its status, must know to whom they are married to, they must know whose seat they are carrying, whose life is growing within them, and that is the life of Christ. And the reason it is like that is because our old husband, he has not fainted, he is dead. God bless you richly as we say. I hope you appreciate that whenever I've got a sermon, I don't put it aside and say, this is for Sunday. God is not a God of Wednesday, God of Sunday. He's God all the time. He can preach marriage and divorce even during midweek. Amen. Maybe Malaga can give us the key that says, I surrender all, I surrender all. 
all to Jesus, I surrender all. Brother Mpayana will come and wrap up in prayer for us. Amen. Don't forget, it's the last midweek service for 2017. And then we will recommence in the new year. But on Sunday, we continue as normal. And then I think we still have two Sundays before the convention. This Sunday, the next Sunday, then we are right into the convention. And we are going to have a good time at the convention. A blessed time. Amen. God's ministers have labored. They spent sleepless nights. Not because they want to outlast one another, but just because they want to save you as his bride. Amen. So we have got sisters and other sister churches that will join us and then just make sure that we pray for the meetings and let them be a blessed meetings. How many are praying for them? Amen. We expect great things to happen in that meeting. And when we say great things, we are not referring um, to the vavavum, but a simple, deeper relationship being strengthened between believers and their Savior. Amen.
Descended, you spoken to our hearts, Lord. Yes. And we are singing this song, Heavenly Father, that we surrender unto thy weight, Heavenly Father. Mm. Since the beginning was the weight, the weight was with God, and the weight was God. Thank you, Father. And the weight became flesh, it dwelt amongst us, we soon. Oh, yes. Heavenly Father, we say we thank you for the way you spoke to us this evening, Lord. Mm. Heavenly Father, what shall we do with this weight, Heavenly Father, in our hands that we have had, Almighty God, this evening? We cannot be neutral upon it, Heavenly no Father. No Certainly. Mighty, we thank you once more, Heavenly Father. It's by inspiration that we sing this song, that we surrender ourselves. We surrender to your weight, Heavenly Father. That is the only truth, Heavenly Father, in the end time, Almighty God. Mm. Bless our hearts, Heavenly Father. Let us meditate upon this weight, Heavenly Father. On our ways, Heavenly Father, to different places, different of our homes, Heavenly Father. Mm. May we meditate and fellowship around this weight, Heavenly Father. Father. We thank you once more, Heavenly Father. We don't have ways to express, Lord. We say, bless thy servant, Heavenly Father. Restore the virtue, Almighty God. For preparing such messages, Heavenly Father, it takes, Almighty God. Heavenly Father, you reveal yourself unto him, Almighty God. Bless him once more, Heavenly Father, that he will take from thee and bring unto us, Heavenly Father, thy children. Bless each and every individual that is under this roof, Heavenly Father, tonight. Even those that didn't manage, Heavenly Father, may you visit them, Heavenly Father, and bless them wherever they are. We pray, Heavenly Father, we commit, we commit this service, we commit ourselves, Heavenly Father, we are asking for a traveling mercy. We say until we meet again, bless us, Almighty God, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you richly. Amen. Don't forget, next week we are not here, but Sunday is business as usual, right until we get ushered into the convention, and then in the convention we will advise in terms of the way forward into the new year. Amen. God bless you richly, and then we appreciate you are coming. We appreciate the support during the midweek service. Hallelujah. It means so much. And then let's see each other in 2018. The midweek service crew. 
Amen. And then on Sunday we'll meet together. we together. Amen. God bless you. You've been an awesome audience. Amen. God bless you. Yeah, give us just a, a nice worshiping song. Can we do in the sweet by and by? Amen. The songs were baked through the oven of time. Amen. The old timers, when they hear these songs, some of them remember their old friends that have crossed over. It just warms our hearts. Amen. There is a land that is fairer than day. How many believe that? And by faith we can see it far afar. For the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place. There is a dwelling place that we go to. Amen. I'm waiting forward just to take that heavenly regalia and put it on and just have a fellowship for eternity in the land where there are no goodbyes, in the land where there are no sicknesses, a land that is not dictated by a calendar, a land of love, a land of harmony. Hallelujah. Where we shall behold our Savior. Let's not forget where we are going. This message, Brother Brendan said, it is calling us uh, to migrate to another sphere. Amen. God bless you richly. There is a land that is fairer than day. There's a land that is fair. I believe that.
Hallelujah. Let me release you. If time was permitting, I was still going to say, let's say, shall we gather at the river? God bless you richly. You are dismissed. They can just give us instrumental. Amen.